cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we will be discussing the film Sleepaway Camp from 1983. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, I'd like to introduce a returning special guest. It's Justin, aka Soju, from the Straight Chillin' Podcast. What's up, Soju? What up, it's your boy Soju. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah, we're excited to have you back. Excellent guest. Can't wait to hear what you have to say <laughs> about this movie. Thank you. Looking yeah. forward to it. <laughs> I am too, because last time it was winter time, so I'm just like seasonal, you know. Oh, coming in the big <laughs> okay, winter movies, coming in the big summer movies. <laughs> oh, summer stains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. A seasonal guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Next up. It's Hydraberg. How's it going, Hydraberg? What's going on, guys? Justin, thanks for coming on again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, buddy. Awesome. Thanks for the straight chilling tattoo wrap. Whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm still waiting for my off. check. My residuals start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the advertising residuals. Yeah. <laughs> I've been wearing no sleeves this whole like all year now since. Yeah. <laughs> but no. So, J- Justin, there was some discussion leading up to the straight chilling meetup in uh, april mm-hmm. about uh if i was given enough alcoholic beverages the possibility of getting a straight chillin oh, tattoo oh, oh. <laughs> but if somebody else had driven that night then that might have been more possible but since i had to drive <laughs> i was already watching my alcohol intake so it didn't happen but i feel like someday it might oh it's only a matter of time i, I mean we've us. got like a strong influence on the slack people are just gonna start feeding into each other <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's, it's chillin cult <laughs> People are going to start trying to one up each other, I think, which is going to be tough given Matt and Hydrabirds. Matt's is huge. I can't believe how big that is. And that he hid it from his wife for like two weeks. (laughs) That's nuts. (laughs) Hilarious. Anyway, let's not forget about John. Last up, but not least, it's John. Oh, hello. Uh, Yeah, Justin Soju, thank you so much for coming on. And I. I do want to make an announcement. We are not going to fangirl out. <laughs> Last time was a surprise. Hold, right? hold, on, hold on a second. I'm talking specifically to you, Soju. Do not oh. fangirl out to Hydroberg because of the tattoo, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say me. And I was like, no, calling I'm, me I'm, out. Damn. I'm talking to Soju because it's Hydroberg got the tattoo and it's just. Don't All right. I'll keep it in check. Eyes up top. Eyes up top. Yeah. <laughs> Try to control yourself. No, pick it up. Don't look down. Up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jacqueline Hydraberg. What's going on? Soju, thank you again for coming up. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I wanted to say one thing before we get into our discussion tonight. Uh, and I meant to talk about it last week, but you remember how when we were talking about May, when Nicole was on? Yes. And we were talking about how she poked out her eye. And in my trivia, I read somewhere that some people interpreted that as killing herself. Mm-hmm. Well, I talked it over with Joey because he's our resident medical expert. He <laughs> uh, made some medical corrections with Tatan. But um, so I was like, would somebody really die from gouging their eye out? And he was like, no. Oh. So now we know. Um- what were the medical corrections with Titan? Was it we? So you can't have a baby with a car? Is that? 
<laughs> apparently <laughs> you can't Holy you, shit. no no that that part can happen that is real <laughs> you can't it lactate was... motor oil <laughs> <laughs> no he was like that's been known to happen i'm just kidding but the part where she towards the beginning when she I, spoilers when she stabs the guy through the head with her yes. hair pin thing in his ears and, all over her yeah 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 and it goes like through his head and his, he's like foaming at the mouth mm-hmm. and he's it looks like he's convulsing or something and joey happened to walk through at that moment while i was watching and i was like is that what would really happen and he's like that's not what would happen <laughs> so they dig through the ditches and birth of the witches of my dragula rob zombie John, you really forcing these things. You gotta like it's gotta be organic. I feel like I feel like that doesn't count. Like there is no Rob Zombie referencing to any of those films. (laughs) Yeah, no, I reject that. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Titan is about a car and a Dragula is a drag (laughs) dragster. I'll give it to you, John. She got she got slammed in the back of that car by the car. She did by the Dragula. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, you're really dragging this segment through the mud, is what you're doing. <laughs> well, yeah. now, that, now that we've explained it away, now I suppose that counts. But before that, I was not going to accept that. Oh, shut up! <laughs> Whoa! Wow! <laughs> Goodness! Let's move on before things start getting nasty around here. Uh, John, do you have any Rob Zombie related news for us? I do actually. Uh, they just wrapped up the monsters. Oh, it's I do actually out, do. It's coming out later this fall. So that that was one of my stories. The other one is. The official trailer of Terrifier 2 has just come out. Have you seen it? I haven't. I didn't know it dropped. Oh, it just dropped. I Okay. I, I almost kind of want to pa- pause recording so I can go watch this right <laughs> now. Give you a reaction. Watch yeah, it. Reaction watch it live. Video. Give you a live yeah. reaction. It Yo, was, I am excited. It was just like Terrifier. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. It's a 3.5 out of 10. Sweet. Yeah, there you go. Well, Damien Leone, the director, has been teasing this for a while and saying that this is going to be like a but like totally beyond the first one and the acting performances and the shit that the main characters go through is just like off the charts. So I'm like, I'm hyped. I'm falling for it. Hyderberg. Hyderberg. In the trailer, you actually see the trash trash bag. 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 Is it called Terrifier 2? Hefty's Revenge or something like that? Just terrify her too. <laughs> Hydraberg, I'm gonna bestow upon you an, another nickname beyond Hydra. I'm just gonna start calling you Trash Bag. Trash Bag. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds like a great name. I definitely the trash take that. man. Put that one on my tombstone, please. <laughs> the, trash. Uh, the trash man. <laughs> it's There's garbage a- day. <laughs> garbage day. What if we if we start making some merch, we can get some like trash bags with our label on them. There you go. <laughs> So uh, Justin, I, I noticed you shaking your head in disdain at the mention of Rob Zombie's Munsters movie. Are mm. you against this? Yes, one hundred percent. That man. I don't, I don't. It's PG, be... man. So, yeah. <laughs> is it written that, by him? If like, I mean, if the actors were different, I mean, just because they can't spout his terrible, you know, dialogue, the in just. <laughs> ridiculous obscenities like they normally do doesn't mean their acting is going to be any better are you still going to watch it though <laughs> i mean probably yeah just like a bad car accident you yeah look at the it. uh the podcast is probably going to make me watch that one but oof i am not looking forward to it mm. how about terrifier 2 are you looking forward to that 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's going to be a franchise that can be somewhat consistent since it was developed in the modern day. And since the first one wasn't based around like amazing acting or anything like that, I think the clown really sells it. So I think they can kind of only go up from there. And the first one was solid enough. So you may be right, actually, if the if they work on the things that I thought were negatives in the second one, like it definitely could be more enjoyable for a person like me didn't yeah because the clown was the best part yeah, and was. his acting was and good it's just everybody else was not so i feel like they could easily improve that i knew you'd be on my side so too <laughs> actually on my side against these uh these naysayers wait hold on a second i love the movie by the way let's give soju a chance to plug street children podcast oh okay um, <laughs> I'm from the Straight Chilling Podcast. Uh, we do weekly <laughs> horror movie reviews. We have like close to 400 episodes now. Um, so we've got a lot of options for you, <laughs> depending on what kind of horror you're into. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all the socials. Um, yeah, that's our deal. You have like 100 mini casts too, I think. Uh, actually, no, we're getting close to like, I think we're going to hit 69 this year. So I, I was oh, really happy sweet. about that because we did hit 369 for your episode yes, you did. on there. And now we're going to hit six, 69. I love the use mini-cast. of the Little John 369 <laughs> song, yeah. to Yin Yang Twins. That was yeah, amazing. we're like, how much of this can we use without <laughs> getting sued? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that a little additional plug, Soju. But uh, you should also know that we plug you guys all the time just because we love oh, you. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. That's how we all got together, by the way. (laughs) In case you haven't heard, in case this is your first time listening and you haven't heard us talk about it. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, yeah, I am very familiar. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. (laughs) John, is there any other news or was that it? That's it. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, Whose pick was this? John, this was your, your pick, right? It was. All right. Tell us why you chose Sleepaway Camp. I'm trying to think of a really good explanation of why I picked this movie. Um, it's a cult classic yep. from the 80s, early 80s. Um, I'm trying to get Felissa Rose to follow us on mm. Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, I can work it, on that. It was, um, I don't know. It's a cult classic for sure. Uh, that's it. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, that's, I think that's a good enough reason. Mm-hmm. Well, would you fellas like to decide whether it fucks or sucks? Certainly. All right. Well, Johnny, why don't you go first since you picked? Uh, the acting sucks. The cutscenes suck. But You're giving a review. <laughs> um, it, it is a very flaccid fuck for me. Okay. Flaccid fuck. All right. Gotcha. Justin, care to weigh in? Um, I think this is like uh, a a young. I, this is going to sound weird to say. <laughs> With both people being in high school, a high school kind of fuck, where it's kind of weird and awkward, but ultimately mm. memorable <laughs> for okay. like the time that it comes out. Um, so yeah, I um, I don't. This one's tough because a lot of people hold it like special in their hearts it is a cult classic and it's wacky enough to where it's like 
you get why people dig it, even if you don't. Um, and so it's weird. It's like certainly not the best book, but it's a it's a memorable, wacky one, I think. <laughs> okay. A memorable, wacky fuck. Yo, wacky yeah, fuck. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <Guilty>. tell stories. <laughs> was that as wacky for you as it was for me? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Zany. <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> Hydraberg, what say you? All right. Uh, for me, like a hot curling iron to the coochie, this is a certified hot fuck. Whoa. Whoa, a hot fuck. Dang. Okay. But you, Jacqueline? I, uh, you know, I, I feel kind of pulled in different directions with it. I, I think I feel similar to how Soju does. Um, I, I, I think, I think despite some awkward moments and some fumbling around and People not knowing where to put their hands. I think it's it's an okay uh, it's an okay fuck. Yeah, that's my my decree. Fair enough. <laughs> about the spoiler. Right. Drop that spoiler uh, warning. All right, we're gonna talk about Slipaway Camp from 1983. If you have not seen this movie, make sure you pause the podcast, go watch it, come back to find out what we thought about it. Okay, seriously, don't listen to this if you have not watch the yeah. movie this is like this is a time when the spoiler warning is important so yeah, this really is like the the most epic spoiler i actually think i kind of spoiled it on our latest straight chilling episode promoting this oh. <laughs> promoting this episode <laughs> cover your ears so like in one sentence it, yeah. even in that short amount of time you managed to one, say, you'll you guys see, covered yeah. it already so i feel like maybe <laughs> you could do that but it's 1983 this movie is like almost 40 years old right like next year it's feel, gonna be 40 right but i kind of feel like the statute of limitations on spoilers is like um in- infinity <laughs> so no well i not. think it depends on how important it is i think this i think this spoiler is important to how your first viewing of the film goes absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. so in that yeah. case like if it could kind of ruin a movie for someone i tried to limit it um even though as i said i have spoiled it. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> okay but i try i'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> well, say like, is do not Listen to this podcast if you've not seen this movie because, yeah, it's spoiled. Uh, it's bye bye. I, 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 yeah, all right, sorry, yeah. But I, I feel like if a movie, if there's a movie that like everybody has seen and it's like, okay, come, like it's about time you need to watch well, Forrest sure, Gump yeah. or whatever, then it's like, I'm not gonna worry about it but i feel like you know not everybody and their mother has seen sleepaway camp so i feel like you have to tread with caution a little bit Mm -hmm. also don't watch this movie with your mother (laughs) (laughs) that would be very awkward yeah yeah hydroberg please tell me you have an incredible reach around for us oh yeah i have a reach around oh any reach around you'll have to tell me if it's incredible after (laughs) all right Your bags are packed, sunscreen on. You're all alone, your parents gone. Now make some friends and have some fun. Cause killing time, it has begun. There's arts and crafts and games to play. All the while a killer slays. A mystery of who it is. A sleazy owner protects his biz. Judy tries to be so sultry. The cook is prepping up some poultry. Where he's from, they call them baldies. Just watch that pot, the water's scalding. The entire camp could hear the screams. And everyone is really mean. Just needs a screw, a carpenter's dream. Now Angela will come between. 
what it is that gives them life. And to Meg's back, she drives the knife. A brand new gender did Aunt Martha give. Her crimes against Angela, you can't forgive. I think it's best she eats shit and live. Nice. <laughs> nice ending there. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I li- one of the things I like about that is I feel like you really zeroed in on, on Aunt Martha as like the like some, doing some evil shit. Well, she's yeah. she's very twisted. She's like damaged she's like, severely fucked up. way before this, this film even starts. She, she's fucked up. You can tell it is. Hey, yeah, I, Mildred, I took care of the physical. Don't worry yeah. about it. Like her husband is having an affair with her brother. Right? Is it her was brother? That Aunt, Mother, Aunt Martha's husband? Was that? Are we assuming it's the brother? It's her brother and his lover, right? Her brother no, is the his, dad of the kids. No, her, yeah, the her dad brother of the is the dad. Yeah, that's what but I then thought. Then he has a lover. I don't think it's her yeah. husband necessarily. I, I mean, I, I guess it could be. So. But... I see. I always thought it was her husband. Well, maybe it is, really? but I, hmm. I don't know if there's any. Yeah. Is there any evidence for that? No. I, I you know what sworn. I watched on Shutter was the cursed films. Uh, mm. they, they they did um, what was it, Wizard of Oz, and it was like like she almost seemed like the Wicked Witch of the East or West or whatever it was. Like her delivery, yeah. Oh, Glinda, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yes, no, Glinda's the good be. one. I know, yeah, but, but she's got like, like a fake kind of yeah. persona yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like. So for me, this this is the second time I've ever watched this film, actually, I, I think. Um, and I, the first time I watched it for our podcast, but like in the first year, like before the first year happened even. So um, at a time, I I don't think I was prepared for this film. Um, so it's interesting to come back now so many years later. And one thing that stood out to me is I remember the performance of the ant, like in my memory being like super goofy and over the top. But this time it was more like troubling to me. Yeah. Um, and it's so particular. I think she actually does a really good job it's just a weird flavor mixed into like a like a dish it's not supposed to be in almost Mm -hmm. but it leaves a lasting impression like i was like really focused in this time and was really surprised at how troubled i kind of was by it maybe because i knew the implications maybe when you don't know you're just like no this is wacky or whatever but this time I was, I, it was troubling to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally feel that. And for me, I think it's because I know what she did to Angela. Mm. Um, yeah. And so it's, it, it, it takes on a different kind of light when mm. you're watching it for the second time. So well, I, I, I think one thing that she says is like to Ricky and Angela is don't tell anybody that who did this for you you know as far as the physicals of going to the summer from yeah 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 yeah. where you got these from don't tell anybody and it was you're right uh soju it was like it was disturbing you felt Mm. like oh my god like she's the bad person in this movie yeah, she's, she's the just, catalyst for everything that's happened. Right. She's just yeah. also acting super unstable. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's with the kids most of the time. I don't think the kids pick up on it as much. You know, an adult probably would have been like, sure. this lady's not all there. Right. That's the thing, too. I was 
I was wondering, does Ricky know? Yeah, it doesn't seem like Ricky knows about Angela. Yeah. Or that his mom's a loony. <laughs> well, well, I guess kind of both. Yeah, both but yeah. it doesn't seem that Ricky knows what no, his mom is doing to Angela. But it seems like he would because he would be aware of which child was killed from the beginning, right? Maybe. I, I guess that's not clear enough to explain how the, you know, how that whole situation plays yeah. out because, because we have that Richard weird gets home flashback. In the flashback, mm-hmm. when she's talking to Peter and she's like, oh no, we have to fix this before Richard comes home. Yeah, before, before we get to that, that's what happens mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie is that like there's this uh, teenage couple that uh, the woman's driving the boat. Uh, they drive over this boat. The dad dies and there's two twins there or uh, a yeah. male and a female. I think they might be twins. I think well, so too. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And it's just like, they die or somebody dies and somebody that. you see the torn up yeah light. one of well, the, the dad you see the dad's body is dead yeah, right right and then He's one dead. of the life vests is torn up and you just are led to assume oh the girl is the one that survived and that's angela when he gets hit and like they cut to that guy's face and he's like john oh, it's <laughs> yeah. hilarious they cut to it a couple times he's just like shocked oh my god yeah so, yeah, going back to what you were saying, Justin, about how the style that like the really stylized acting by Aunt Martha, how it doesn't fit with the style and everyone else in the film. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why that choice was made specifically, but it reminded me of a throwback to like kind of this like 1950s melodramatic style of acting that's like yeah. not realistic at all, but th- yeah. this kind of little asides were like no 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 that wouldn't do at all no yeah she's like, like narrating for us while she's yeah mm, no i feel like that's kind of a 40s slash 50s yeah. kind of acting style that's not like in vogue anymore it's like just mm. not what people do and so i'm not quite sure why that was the style but it does come off as a little bit surreal and kind of like this feeling like you're not quite in reality almost like in a tim burton kind of film where things are just like a little skewed it Mm -hmm. felt like giallo to me because they use this color palette of it Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's almost like a dream state when they show those was i mean it was almost like a giallo type like you know the reds and blues and stuff like that so this is actually a connection i made this time watching it closely like this is her acting style is very particular but what i found and I think my initial problem with this film is it's hard to kind of digest. This is her style of how she is portrayed matches the weird psychosis things that we scenes that we go through in a way. So in those ways, those styles and flavors match each other but they're so different and distinct from the normal just summer camp slasher Mm -hmm. that they're weird but they seem to have this thread amongst themselves and so when we go into angela's kind of psychosis of what she's kind of dealing with it made me flash back to okay this is associated with this weird mom at the beginning and that's she's kind of the driving factor of why we're having these in the first place and so yeah, she's like, imprinted okay, that, that onto connecting. angela yeah and we've 
when we see Peter originally, he's very young. So she's had years to do this to Angela. By the time she's a young teenager. Yeah, probably about it's been years, years that she's and that she's 10, lived yeah. with her aunt. And, you know, this has been imprinted on her from her aunt. Yeah. So I feel like this is maybe a good opportunity to talk about something I was thinking about. Um, I've just been reading around about this film and I've read reviews or like opinion pieces on this film where people say like, oh, this is like a transphobic film um, because it represents a like a transgendered person in a negative light. Like it kind of equates their like lack of gender conformity to like mental illness and like homicidal tendencies and things like that. And it didn't that didn't sit well with me. And so I like I put some thought into it and I think it's because like I don't well first let me say I am not transgendered and I don't feel like I have any right to like proclaim whether something is like transphobic or not that's I don't feel like that's my position but my interpretation of the film doesn't like jive with that commentary that I was reading because I don't see her as transgendered I don't see her as a transgendered character I don't see her as a character who felt that who she is on the inside is like not matched by the body that she's in. I see her as a child who's like a gender is forced upon her in like an abusive psychologically damaging way. If anything, I feel like this is maybe trans, like it's like supportive of trans people because it's showing how damaging it is to force a gender identity upon somebody who like that, that doesn't match for, but I, I don't feel like the act of this character turning out to be a murderer is like an indictment of, of like transgender people or like representative of that because I don't, I don't see her as transgendered. Yeah, I agree. I, I, cause you know, she, he was a child that literally had trauma and never even got a chance to deal with that trauma. Exactly. And then had this put upon him. Right. And like, this is just like a, life, it was just damaged. Yeah, he was just damaged to begin with. Yeah. And so I well, feel like that's more the reasoning for his homicidal or her homicidal um, outbreaks, you know, in the camp. What I actually associate it with another kind of deal. And I almost saw it as a way of now this might be giving this movie too much credit because considering when it was written and the other stuff going on in this film, we might be digging a little deep on some of this stuff, but I kind of saw it in the same light of like conversion therapy um, and a condemning type of light, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to force somebody in this because the mom is, or the weird mom, whatever is a doctor. And, um, and there's potential that, you know, we see that the father is homosexual and the son is aware of that. And it's possible that the son is homosexual as well and has this kind of relationship with this guy with Paul. Is that his name in a way kissing, like having that kind of confusion. We have the bed scene where he's like pointing or whatever. So there could be this, this struggle of someone who has been, through a trauma that hasn't healed properly and, you know, potentially has um, is homosexual, um, but is being forced into a gender that they don't identify with. And so I 
kind of took that as like, well, the closest thing I could associate from just my knowledge knowledge is a type of conversion therapy where someone is forcing you mm-hmm. to be like, no, this is what you're going to be. This is how mm-hmm. you should be. This is what's normal, whatever. And how traumatic I've heard that that is 0% success rate, mass suicides, mass crazy psychosis that goes through. And I was like, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Yeah, I felt the same way. I, I you look at that that the whole scene of where the father was in bed with a man, right? So, mm-hmm. l- like, and and the son was pointing at them. It was like, this is the way I'm going to be. No, 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 no. Well, no, those giggling. are two different scenes. Yeah, he was pointing at his sister. Were, were they pointing at each camera. other or was he just pointing, he was pointing at, her. at her as the camera's rotating almost as like, does a rotation yeah. to signify oh. like his his switch like be, he becomes his sister yeah i don't know if that's what it's meant to show us but when when they felt- see the dad in bed they're just they're watching the kids are watching yeah. and they're kind of like giggling but it yeah. seems like the parents don't know that they're or the adults don't know that they're there but they, uh, they they there was like that whole them. scene of it they were in bed like the two yes. men were in bed yeah. and then the kids were in bed and so it, yeah. it kind of fused into that of you know, you don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and obviously Angela, who is what's it? Jack, is it Jack or whatever? I don't know. Peter. Angela Peter. likes Paul. Oh, Paul. Yeah. You know, likes she Paul. Does. Um, in a realistic, the only person that Angela opens up to is Paul mm-hmm. talking to. Him. You know, they go on a date, but also too this one thing I actually kind of like about this viewing is p- kids are played by kids. And so you get to see the youth of these kids like, oh, you want to go to this movie? Oh, I thought we had to go anyways. That just felt kind of authentic yeah. in like a cute kind of way. Oh, well, we have to go to the fucking movie anyways. Why are you asking <laughs> me? It's like, oh, would you like want to pretend like we're on a date or whatever? Yeah, go like, with that's me. That's kind of cute or whatever. It and was. just seeing and just seeing that youthful view, you know, of regardless of gender or anything, just, you know, she obviously has a, a problem associating with people anyways. And so just opening up to one person and then going through your feelings about that, like, Oh, I'm forced to be a girl. I'm a boy, but I've seen my dad in this similar situation. What, you know, I mean, that would be crazy for anyone who's like 14 years old. He's afraid to expose herself. <laughs> well, by so you know, with anybody. I, I kind of want to echo what you were saying is that, that, you know, this, this other guy, was you know talking shit about angela however he felt so bad about it it was just like this innocence to it there there, there was a certain level of innocence when he, he he's like i'm so sorry i said this about you to uh was it judy judy, judy. yeah so it was like you know did you forget her name john it's on her shirt <laughs> it's on her shirt <laughs> i need to get a so do shirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do <laughs> Randy needs to make me one. <laughs> I, just, I, I thought there was like a certain level of innocence to that because it was like this Judy girl was like the, oh man, I hate saying it. She, she, she was the, the bitch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll say that. Um, was she not? I mean, come on. I think he was going for, I think he was thinking a different word, but okay. <laughs> She uh, was. I mean, that, that, that's how she was portrayed in the movie, right? Yeah. 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 Definitely an uber bitch. But yeah. So Paul, I think, is the only 
person, I guess Susie, the like assistant counselor or whatever, but, but Paul is the only person her age who's actually kind to her and doesn't well, ridicule. Well, I mean, that's like her family, oh, yeah, but I mean, at, at camp, you know, that's her cousin. Like, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, Paul, I mean, I guess I'm talking in terms of like a love interest. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul is the only person that I, I almost wonder if his gender even matters. Like if it had been a girl, maybe she would have, maybe Angela would have like been attracted to her, or, like gravitated towards her. I, I almost feel like it kind of doesn't matter that he's a I mean, boy, but no. just that he's the only person who's, who's nice. Well, there is one girl in her cabin who is kind to her that she doesn't really open up to. Oh, um, Susie. Like when, yeah, Susie. She's, she's a counselor. Yeah. Is yeah. she? Oh, she's okay. a counselor. She's my bad. One, yeah. my bad. Okay. One of the older ones. They all look so young. I thought the representation <laughs> of camp was pretty well done in this too. I, I didn't go away to sleepaway camp. I, I went to like daycare camp. You never away. went to camp? Oh my Not god. Not sleepaway, no. But I thought that this was a pretty good representation of what it would be like and you know what kids are like. You know, there's cliques and stuff, and mm-hmm. some people don't fit in. And if you're a yeah. little weird, you, you're gonna stand out and people are gonna make fun of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before. Did you guys go to camp to sleepaway camp, John? Yeah. I went to camp, yeah. Summer camp. Yeah. Now, Sixth when you guys camp. went to camp. Yes. Did the counselors wear shorts that were as short as, <laughs> as Ronnie's? That, and that, did you see the outline of all their penises? That's well, why well, I wanted to kind of rotate, rotate like off of. No, it was a girl. It was a girl named Martha and she was attractive to me. And I was like, yes, but I didn't remember the shorts. <laughs> well, one thing I like really picked up on this time, which is something Randy always talks about his kind of love for this movie. And I really picked up on it is how wacky some of this stuff is. And it's so distinct in, in just a weird way. Like the, it's the error roof, too. the rooftop balloon fight. <laughs> so like what, what is that? <laughs> Who is <laughs> the water the balloon fighting on, on a roof or that long baseball scene with those yeah. ridiculous. It is part of the era too, but there's something else there as well. There's too many consistently wacky things in this movie for it yeah. to just be the eighties. Um, right. That but, baseball but, scene is hilarious. I love that. It, was, it, it was freaking <laughs> hilarious but what about the cutscenes? the way they cut from that it was almost like you were watching um made for tv movie yeah like, it was supposed yeah. to go to a geico commercial or something die ricky why don't you eat shit and live billy yeah that was, that was <laughs> cut to something else and it was just like what? Like a George S. Jeans commercial or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, why By the way, this, this is the most this denim I've ever seen in a film, I think. <laughs> Dude, it's the most half shirts I've ever seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so weird to see men like trying to look masculine, but in this, like they don't look that masculine when they're wearing half shirts. It's just weird. But in the Johnny time, Depp, Johnny Depp era, from uh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street would have fit uh-huh. right in. Like, like Ronnie is like buff as fuck. He's, he's a really Jacqueline. nice guy in this movie. Like, he's the nicest guy. Johnny Depp. What about him? What? I think oh, we're having two different conversations. Johnny Depp right now? No. Nothing. <laughs> no, nothing's going on with Johnny Depp right now. Well, you I, should, I was just saying the news. I was just saying him and his half shirt would have fit right in in the no, camp from Nightmare Same on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> that was the style. I don't yeah. mind looking at that. I'm just saying. No, I mean, I get it. Fair enough. It's kind of funny though. I feel like the men and well, the boys in this movie show a lot more skin than the girls do. They do. 
They go. Like, I don't think the shorts are short different. on the girls, and there are no bare midriffs on the girls. Nope. No. This yeah. <laughs> this the the hash shirt showing off the abs. Everybody's guns are popping. Uh, the short shorts. Kind of like on our show. Yeah, they go skinny dipping too, which could oh, like bare butts. A lot of bare butts. In mm-hmm. some way, kind of add to the like homosexual tones that yeah. go on Ooh. here because I Very mean, cool. it's just it's it is much more objectifying to the men, which is way off base for what you get in a normal slasher film, even from, from the 80s. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so. some TNA, but it's all the dudes. <laughs> it yeah. is. It's all the dudes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. one thing I wanted to touch on that we skipped from the beginning was just the thick Italian accent that Angela had, the actual Angela, when the, before the boating accident. Did you hear the oh, accent? Yeah, the I did. Kid? <laughs> She's like, soup. Really she sounded like a, like an Italian, like pizza maker from New York City or something. Mm-hmm. It I, just, made I never really noticed how thick it yeah. Just because like of again. New York. I was yeah. thinking, I was like, what the hell? My <laughs> accent was brought into question recently in the Slack, so I get it. <laughs> it wasn't brought into question. It. No, I know. I think you're the one who questions it while the rest of us are strongly confirming it. It does exist. That's funny. But yeah, yeah, no, she... Yeah, there's an accent there. Um, oh, shoot. I forgot what I was going to ask you guys. Uh, uh, somebody else take it. I don't know what I was going to say. I don't think it had to do with midriffs. So another thing, like, I guess there's really a, a ton of things to pull apart with this film. But as a summertime slasher, I actually found out a lot more kind of enjoyable this time. I'll, it doesn't make a lick of sense in most of the kills, but there are some cool kills. Um, yeah. The bees That's uh, was I, one that stood out to me. I was yeah. gonna say that it was like 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 this guy got locked into the stall. Yeah, and they <laughs> they put the hive in there and mm-hmm. yeah, shook it around bees. just all over his I face. Love, yeah. Most, <laughs> most of on his arms <laughs> are so oh, like they're, yeah, they're way further. Like they're they're worse than they would have been though. Like they would have been that bad after a little while. But yeah. it was really cool gore though. I, so I felt like it, it wasn't realistic looking, but no, it but still it looked, looked cool, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it was fun. It does. Like the but pot, it, the huge pot that the, the guy's pot. fucking. That, there's no pots that, like, who has a pot that big? <laughs> and, and also, there's no just, need for him to grab the pot, as it's so easy to escape <laughs> to get down off the all chair. of these situations, actually. He's on except a chair. For, yeah, except for all, like, maybe the girl in the shower, but everybody else, like, you're in a bathroom stall, <laughs> crawl under it. You're, you know, yeah. you're in a canoe. Swim away. Yeah. <laughs> like you're on Once a chair. Jump to the left. That's what's so hilarious. It's not like he's on a ladder. He's just on a chair where he could just get down <laughs> and kick. There's a child behind him. He could just kick her. He's holding on to like that shelf. Like it's like the only shelf. Oh my god. Oh god. Don't <laughs> you do that. that. Don't you do that. Like, literally yeah. grabs the pot and throws it onto does. himself. I love that scene though. And then he's just like ah. We yeah, don't see him I, die either. He's just like in hard. But previous to that, he takes Angela into the, the walk-in, the, the, yeah. where you never know what's in the walk-in. True. You never Oof. know what you're gonna find in the walk-in, John. Mm. Ooh, that guy. Gross. Went, that guy's horrible. <laughs> I'm glad we only had a couple scenes with that guy because they were leading him to yeah. some pretty oh, rough stuff. I could not have <laughs> taken much the, more of that. Guy. The tolerance no. that his coworkers had for him was horrible too. You know. Like, oh, you. Wait, hold on. So, so rapey. Hold on. <laughs> That's your thing, I, you know. 
Jacqueline, I'm sorry to take your trivia, but the the sous chef was actually James Earl Jones' father. Oh, nice! Oh shit! Yep. Yeah, I mean, his, the voices cool. sound. His voice sounded exactly like him. Mm, that's I cool. noticed in the opening credits, I saw Robert Earl Jones, and I was like, mm. he got a promotion and, too. And then the second he popped up, I was like, oh well, that's somebody who's related to James Earl Jones. And I was like trying yeah. to figure out the age, and I was like, I'm, I'm sure it must be his uncle or his dad huh, or something. But that's cool. So, yeah, I love when the when the police show up for the scene after he's he's injured <laughs> and they're taking Most him away. Guy? Yeah, mustache guy. So his mustache is natural in that scene, right? He actually has a real mustache. But not later. They did reshoots later, and then later he must have had to come back and didn't have the mustache anymore. It looks. Yeah, I've got trivia about that. He shaved it during the shoot. Oh my god! Yeah, because it looks so natural there, and I don't remember it being natural. So I was like, I always remember the fake scene so much, (laughs) and that when I saw it, I was like, oh shit, it's natural right here. It looked good too. Nice, John. And then like I love how they're talking about like, oh, he must have been in so much pain. (laughs) And then Ronnie's like, what about his eyes? How are his eyes? <laughs> like, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Justin, you mentioned Meg getting stabbed in the shower. Even that did not come off as like natural or unavoidable because she's like singing a little song and washing her hair. And then she like leans back against the shower wall for no reason whatsoever. And then Look somehow, the like, wait, is this the girl that? Like, is this the girl that was taking a shower for the old guy? Yes, yes I have wanna, notes um, about that also. Oh, we got to talk about that. But yeah, and so then somehow the killer knows that she's leaning against the wall. Like, she, yeah, she's oh, in the next doll, whatever. I'm going to stab through the wall because surely my victim will be reachable. What's yeah. less believable to me is that she stood there dead after and then just happened to fall over once. Yeah. The Mel exact the moment when he walks through. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. Like, the, all those moments, like, you notice. But for some reason, I feel kind of like, they, like they're like self-aware. Like, they know it's, like, That's ridiculous. That's silly, though. I feel, I like, mean, it's, I I feel like it's not taking itself exactly. seriously. It's such a fine the line. Thing, the thing is, is that, that we've seen other slasher movies where it's just, it was done better. <laughs> so it was, I don't know. I think this sure. film, as far as a slasher goes, is it hits all the marks that you want from a slasher. It's, got I agree. We got I just, a mystery of who it was. Sure. We got gore. Okay. We've got tropes, obviously. I mean, they're in slashers. Um, We've got know. lots of different little settings and create like, it's not yeah. all. We've got nudity, mostly guys' butts and stuff. That but... arrow through the neck. I, I feel like that's <laughs> one that Friday the 13th, I think we mentioned this when we covered last year, that set yeah. up because somebody goes out to the archery range uh-huh. and they never deliver on it. Like you never actually. And this one actually delivers a really cool effect of the never arrow going either. through It looks like neck. it just goes right in. Like, yeah. <laughs> they show him say something, then boom, an arrow's in his neck. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shit, that's pretty good. <laughs> So, and, uh, yeah, most of the kills are in different settings and pretty interesting. Um, even if they don't make sense, like that, I think the biggest one is the kid in the canoe where she just puts his head under the water, but the effect of the snake coming out of his mouth later is memorable and solid. Right, yeah. but you also see a kill of like multiple kids where they're laying in their sleeping bags. Mm. Yeah, and packed up. Yeah, exactly. Hatchet. So mm. I thought that was effective. I thought that was like like he came back and they're all dead. 
And but how did like, Angela get all the way when they, he happened to drive there? He had to drive there. How did she get there? And then I back? get that. that, that yeah. That's the problem exactly. with the whole scene yeah. where it's like, like you see all these dead kids. It's like, okay, but that was your curveball of. It's kind of just to show that Angela's finally snapped a hundred percent. Like she's not just well, killing people that deserve no, it. She's no, that, it's that, not that her. It's, it's that, that curveball of like, who's the real killer. I felt like she's finally she's just starting to kill indiscriminately. Like she didn't give a fuck. Anymore. Well, those kids, I thought they were the small kids that were throwing sand on her after yeah. the girl. Oh, were they? Forced I think her they were. Into the lake. I, think, yeah, I think they were. OK. Yeah. Like if you list the kills and kind of like put them all together, it's like a nice variety. Sense. It's like a little sampler platter. You have like the cook with the boiling water. You have the, the guy drowning under the canoe. You have the bees in the bathroom. You have Meg stabbed in the shower. The campers hacked up in the woods, the arrow through the neck, and then Paul getting decapitated. Like, that's a nice. Oh, and Judy. Judy. Oh, oh yeah. Judy oh, with Judy. the curling iron. Oh, How did I forget? It's implied that she sticks it in her vagina. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Judy's a slut. We all know that. Oh, Judy. Yeah. I can't believe I left that one off. Damn. Did you see Judy? Oh, God. The kids, when they're talking about her this year. Oh, my God. She developed. Okay, can I just say though, I think the actress playing Judy might have been the best actress in the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, she was. Right. Yeah, she plays. Yeah. Wait, you didn't no. like Mills acting? No, hold on a I'm second. Not. I think Felissa Rose played the best actress because she was so quiet. She was pretty good, actually. Disagree. I, I, I thought Felissa was like awesome through this. This watch, I did enjoy her, her acting more, John. So did I. I, I she, she didn't say anything. She was just like, look on her face she would look up <laughs> which she did uh, well and then I when was, she what's that i was bothered by her performance and i don't know if she was Why? directed to do this but like okay there's there's a believable version of like a kid who just kind of stares off into space and is just kind of like non-communicative but the her performance of that was like something else it was like very stagey looking it was like i thought it was like too over the top it was like her eyes were open real wide and you she wanted her to blink frightened her. part of the time I, well it just wasn't exactly. like a relaxed it wasn't like a calm gazing. i disagree like, I, I so disagree with that because the way she looked up it was just like this it gave you that like okay i'm the killer but maybe i'm not i mean the, the way she looked up at all the characters that were making fun of her, it was just, it was nice. I loved it. It was like super intense eye contact. It was. Like Which is why they had such a problem with her. People who are time. really shy or traumatized. I don't feel like there's like intense maintained eye but contact. Say anything the whole eyes time. wide open. I know that's I'm I don't think it's I, I felt like it was not natural looking at all. It was it was like a weird, I thought it was Justin, a what do you think? So do you. Um, I'm kind of neutral on this. I don't think it was good, but also it kind of fits with the tone of how weird and wacky this movie is. So <laughs> it's kind of like in the middle. It's like, That's... I don't think it was good, but no. it's kind of appropriate for it's weird as everything. Is, That's like some of my critiques, <laughs> like some of the negatives are actually positives in this film. In a sense, it's, it's weird. It's the For most Sco- films, they would be total negatives the whole time. I know. It's the Scooby-Doo ending, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind 
I mean, I will say though, I was, I was, I read a thing about how they made that mask and how they pulled that off because they wanted the, they wanted the girl to wear a strap on or like yeah. a whoa, really? it was underage. Yeah, but her, her was mom was like, a no, which <laughs> thank God for that smart person. It was the um, 80s, you know. Yeah. Well, They're yeah, dancing. and so they made a mask with like glass eyes yeah. of her face, and, and then that they cut shit back to her face. Fucked really? up. Now, I will say they paid a guy to, you know, I was heavily critical of this film the first time I watched it. But in eight years, I have not forgotten a lot of the kind of major scenes that have in here with, of course, that ending scene being burned into my memory. But the face is so iconic. And so that mask, I mean, I got to get props for them making that thing. It's truly like the audio disturbing too. and yeah, like <laughs> the mask. Yeah. So yeah, when you so see the full body shot, it's a mask. When it's close up, that's oh, really her it's face. Just, yeah, it's Felicia. Um, yeah. But when it's but when it, so I I read a story about this dude. So they did like a documentary. I don't know if it's actually been released yet, but as of like a few years ago, I know they were making a documentary about um, sleepaway camp and all the kind of behind the scenes stuff and making of. <clears throat> and the director was trying to track down like every last person who was involved in the film and they couldn't track down the man who was like the body double for her at the end and Heidelberg you're right you probably read about this too but it was like some local college guy that they just like paid to come do Mm -hmm. this and it was like really cold because it was October in New York and he just got like really drunk and drank like a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> oh, wow. um, I read, to, to get or, I heard an shoot. account that he like then didn't want to do it and was like crying. And they yeah, still ran into the crying. show. I was like, who are these people like trying to make a 13 year old girl wear a strap on and like making this dude go put on this mask naked? I think some they have some issues with boundaries going on. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> They need some like training and boundaries and sensitivity. Oh, yeah. 80s were th- fucked up. They didn't give a shit. <laughs> Is this a Winehouse film? Uh, a <laughs> film? Oh, oh shit. I'm just kidding. Now who's talking about too soon? <laughs> Is it too soon to talk about that asshole? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, so they couldn't they couldn't find him for the documentary and I don't uh, blame him. The, yeah, the the the, the thinking right. is he probably doesn't really want to be found and doesn't show in him in the best light. And we all know what it's like when it's cold out, guys. So, you know, we, we're in the water, but you know, still. Oh, that's another um, thing. From the opening scene, the foliage in the trees totally looks like autumn in it New is, York. Yeah, straight yeah, it it's and like, it's summer, um, <laughs> guys. <laughs> it's summertime. But, but but how dope is that scene though? I mean, it was just because you got the like the the overdub of the kids like playing, but it's fall. And then oh, when oh, they show okay. the, the camp, yeah, with nobody there. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're talking about the opening credits. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're playing that scary music though, and like mm-hmm. the the, the fully, like the what the visuals look like fairly calm, like nothing's happening, but it's like very suspenseful, tense music. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, am I supposed to be scared right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. All right. Oh, can we talk about Mel? Yes, yeah, please. Talk about can we Mel. talk about Mel? First of all, did I miss something? I mean, was there something that she was like alluding back to or whatever when she's like, so how about that dinner you promised me? And she's like getting all. It was a scene up. earlier where they 
they're talking and there's a bunch of campers there and counselors and you see her approach him and like they're talking about something so maybe that was it it's just like a weird element to like insinuate that there's a relationship there when what kind of like dad issues does she have that she's into a guy like mel it happens I know it does. It normally, yeah, but it normally happens for like a hotter guy or like a teacher who's attractive, like or professor. Like it's fucking Mel, bro. Like, look at the guy. He looks like Mel Brooks. Dude, women write nude letters to serial killers who write children. I mean, women are weird. Those serial killers are still attractive, though. I mean, there's no accounting for wrong. taste, I guess. But uh, yeah, he was he was not an attractive man in my eyes. But maybe Meg saw something in him. Some he did. Inner, but the fact that he was willing sweetness. to go through with it was pretty disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'm not even sure if she is she a minor in this. Is she 18? Like, I don't even know what. Uh, I took it. We don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's just a, a counselor, counselor, but we don't so know. So we don't know. Damn, Johnson. <laughs> John, what are you doing there? You got a cuche or <laughs> Oh, he's losing it. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and What's going Mel's, on over there, John? Mel's little breakdown, too, of, <laughs> of not you, Meg. Not you. <laughs> not you. Oh, man. man. <laughs> he's like having brain. a little monologue. Yeah, he does all by himself with a dead body on the ground talking about old Ricky. <laughs> I'll get him. I'm going to get him. Oh, he beats the shit out of Ricky, too. Yeah, he so does. Why is Mel so completely convinced that I, I, I guess I could see why he thinks Ricky is the killer. Like, I think he's kind of played up as the red herring, but why is he so convinced that Ricky is like trying to destroy him personally? Like it's a vendetta. Cause Ricky's got a foul mouth. Yeah. That's why he curses a lot. Obviously for the, for the movie's sake. Also the whole red hair, I guess the only red herring they give you is Ricky. And yeah. at one point, I think it's the, right before judy gets killed where there's supposed to be the silhouette in the doorway yeah. and it's clearly ricky <laughs> with the wig there's on like it's some so fluffy poorly hair, like... lit <laughs> it's ricky there's with no a wig, mystery right? to it like yeah. it should have been totally in silhouette yeah, yeah. and it's clearly ring you're like oh okay. i wonder if when this when this released if it was more silhouette but as we get higher definition copies of this maybe, maybe it looks that like could be. let's watch could this be. on vhs yeah let's watch this on vhs that's how i originally saw this film on vhs okay and i it was like not too long ago it was maybe 10 years ago my friend mm-hmm. had the the triple uh the trilogy and he was like mm-hmm. yo you gotta watch sleepaway camp me and my girlfriend watched it recently and they didn't tell me about it. And I was like, oh, this is definitely one that I ha- I don't remember seeing. I remember the film on, you know, the shelves at the at the local, you know, video store, but I never saw it. And we watched it. We got drunk and watched it. And the ending hit me. Total surprise. And I was just like, holy shit. We laughed about it for days and days. <laughs> I remember I will give I can't I don't know. I've not listened to our episode because you have to do a special download to get it. It's not like on our Spotify or whatever, but I remember the ending of this movie. What happened? I was watching this movie. I had a beer, a bottle of beer in my hands and it wasn't full, but it wasn't empty either. And I remember this, like the ending scene happened. I remember like putting the beer bottle, like (laughs) to my foil. I was like, and like beer, like spilling. I was like so shocked at it. No way. I I, like distinctly remember that. Yeah. (laughs) 
That Rob fucking loves this stuff. Yeah, Rob and Randy love it for like different reasons, which is interesting. <laughs> well, you um, but yeah. beer against your head. Yeah, I had like a beer. While I remember I was sitting on this couch. There was like three couches. Like I, I was, was somebody else's front couch. of the TV, and I was watching it. And and it happened. I was just like, "What?" Are you put full <laughs> beers on? <your> head? <laughs> you just dumped it on your yeah. head. Well, not dump it like over my head. I put the beer bottle like to my forehead, like the opening, oh. but there was still beer in it or whatever. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, so true. I just yeah. like distinctly remember that oh. moment. It's so like it involuntary have, movement. <laughs> yeah, it has burned like into my brain as yeah. a very like distinct, which you got to give credit for. I mean, as weird as movies are as low budget as they can be as wacky as some of the acting and mm. stuff can be i mean it's memorable it's certainly memorable it is yeah Whether it you really like stands it or not, out yeah it, yeah it stands out again i mean like a it's, twist like that was not happening in any of those yeah. slashers i feel like at that time I and mean, that was just like a but i feel like it's one of those moments that you remember the first time you saw it like you remember where mm-hmm. you were and like how you felt about it at the time yeah. and i think it's like i think the the twist is actually really well hidden leading mm. up to the reveal you it know does. like yeah like sometimes I- there's a twist and you're like okay i saw that coming a mile away but this one like if you haven't seen it before and it hasn't been spoiled i think like you'll get a little surprise mm-hmm. well i think watching it again it's it, you kind of see different red herrings of 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 yeah. who is the killer you mean kind of like like clues along the way yeah you're like oh, yeah maybe yeah so on a second watch it. i think you see those but you don't know like the first time you see it you might not really think twice about angela being like i don't want to go in the water mm. you know because then her body's going to be exposed well and exposed, she yeah. she covers by saying like i can't swim yeah and so you think like oh she can't swim that's why she doesn't want to go in the water but you don't realize like oh I- or I why she stops that, why she stops Paul when they're kind of making out and stuff and which is natural for kids to do that anyway she's never exactly cool. so that's why it's like a good kind of cover boy. it's a good cover I think the thing that works for this film is like even without red herrings uh, like even if you think that Angela's the killer the entire time you still never see the gender swap at the end you're never exactly. going to see that coming exactly that there's no reason what, to yeah most watch. and how many films have ever done that period Mm-hmm. That and is one I, kind of hole, though, in this film to talk about that is why would the mom send her fake daughter to summer camp anyways, where you're going to be living with women, showering with women, you're supposed to be swimming, mm-hmm. and you're going to write her a fake physical, but you're not worried about her being discovered that she's a male? Like, it's because she's already like, conditioned her. All these yeah, years. but it's just mm. such a risky position to You're put right. somebody just, in to be found right out anyway. Yeah. It is risky, but I will say, like at that age, I mean, I went to summer camp at that age, and like I was very shy and very insecure, and like it was not like a, it, it was not like the opening scene of Carrie where all the girls are like <laughs> running around naked and like Wait. snapping each other with towels and Jack shit. Like, what? Jack, you have a dick? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that I was very shy and like I didn't like there was I didn't put myself in circumstances where like I was changing and like naked in front of anybody. Yeah. I was very insecure at that age. And yeah, also, I feel like Aunt Martha seems like the type of woman who's like obsessed with keeping appearances, too. So like sending her other kid to sleepaway camp is something that she would do yeah. naturally anyway, yeah. because like that's what kids do. And she's not going to go against that because, you know, 
That's yeah. who Aunt Martha is. She's all about keeping everything, you know. That's a good point. Like if if Ricky went and Angela didn't, somebody would look weird. Why didn't Angela go? Or Ricky oh, would you'd ask. have to yeah. you'd have to come up with some kind of excuse, but what is the evolution of Aunt Martha? I'd love to know, like, how did she get that way? Mm-hmm. That's why I've always assumed that the other guy was her husband. And that, like, her, she kind of cracked from that sort of, like, learning that her husband was homosexual with her brother or her brother-in-law. And that, like, I don't know, like, maybe I'm wrong. I always assumed I that she was a weirdo. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, she's got some weirdo. Yeah. Does it need to be more than that? I mean, I guess it could be that situation, but I might have just I, been I don't remember. Yeah, time. I don't remember anything like alluding to that. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I just for some reason I always thought like they were they were sneaking away together and doing something on the side, and the kids found out about it. But mm. and that maybe yeah. she because in the beginning he he says like let's hurry up, uh, the doc's coming, which is alluding to her he, she's the doctor i thought you said we oh. had to meet the doctor no oh, i thought she says the doctor's coming or something but oh, maybe. maybe he says the meeting oh, yeah hmm. wow i don't know it's interesting let's watch it again and find out let's One do a live watch. Time. <laughs> you guys did a live watch of this film yeah it's they did a live show of it that's yeah. where the poster came from yeah it's sunray mm-hmm. that's awesome that was before I was a listener, so yeah. I, I didn't know about some it. Live shows in Seoul. <laughs> yes, there will be Party huge crowds. <laughs> how, how many uh, fans in Seoul do you guys have? I don't know. Um, you do have fans in other members. countries. Yeah, we definitely do. Yeah, Pika, we have you have uh, Mads. Yeah, here Australia, Mads is in Denmark and Sweden. Um, we got you have plenty of Canadians. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all around, all around. Texas, oh, that's like another country. One of, yeah, one of our biggest YouTube <clears throat> videos is like top five Korean films. That's like got over like a hundred thousand views, and like people in all kind of languages on there. Like, oh, what? So that's dope. I think somebody that's does awesome. in South Korea. Hopefully, I'm sure YouTube probably the algorithm works where they're putting it out there for people that yeah. are speaking yeah. Korean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you guys have any other main points that you want to make, or should we go ahead and give our ratings? I just want to talk about Frank the cop's mustache one more time. <laughs> okay. It fucking steals the scene. It steals that scene. It's true. It's hard to look at anything else. True. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know a word he said. You're right. It, it does kind of steal the attend- the focus. Yeah. I never noticed that he had a real mustache before that. <laughs> until now. Until this viewing. Because I've always remembered the fake mustache. It's so bad. I know. All right. Well, Fellas, let's go ahead and give our ratings of this film. What? Um, uh, one thing I would, I wanted to ask, so we could do it after if you want, but I was wondering if uh, maybe we could find a cooter in this you film. Do a cooter hunt this week? I would like, yeah, if you'd like. I think there's plenty <laughs> of options here. Come on, guys. Cooter hunt. All right. All right. Um, yeah, if wanna... you want to do it before the rating, yeah, that's fine. Let's All do right. it. Okay. Cool. You want me to break it down for you guys? Yeah, yeah break it the, down. Tell the people what a cooter is. Oh, Cooter is a character type and usually a straight chilling exclusive, but we'll, we'll make it. <laughs> it's still exclusive to you because it's yeah, coming well, from yeah, you. Yeah. We're not That's doing true, it without yeah. you. Um, but Cooter has to hit five or has to hit three of these five points to be considered a Cooter. But we want always searching for the King Cooter with the highest points, of course. But the five points are manipulation, smug arrogance, um, 
smug arrogance, manipulative, sexual deviancy, overall looking attire, and overall patheticness. So I think this one's probably got several options you could <laughs> choose for Cooter, but who do you guys think is the top? Well- Cooter, Justin, you're like absolutely. the Van Helsing of Cooter Hunters. So I don't know if you want to go first. Or... Uh, yeah, who's who yeah. are your sites set on? I know who I, I have picked. Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious choice, like, is the cook because, yeah, because he's, he's so disgusting. Um, yeah. I think sexual deviance is one of those that stands out so distinctly in the Cooter mm-hmm. realm. It's like if anyone hits strongly on that, you're like, oh, Cooter. Yeah, it's like a must-have. Yeah, but like, I mean saying that 13 year old girls 12 year old girls fresh chickens or whatever we call yeah. it he never even implies the like, sex i feel like he was just talking about children in general it yeah. could be yeah it's Which like, is even worse. <laughs> we call them baldies and then immediately i i think this takes a bit of like smug arrogance as well takes a 13 year old girl into the kid and the just walk-in. doesn't even like skip mm. a beat like just nah. doesn't waste any time he's like unbuckling his pants yeah. and, i mean it's like dinner time like there's thousands of people right uh, outside the door and i got the vibe that the like, kitchen staff was all hired from like ex-cons that just got out of the prison <laughs> that's up yeah. the road or something yeah, it could be Mel's style, but also that smug arrogance from kind of the way he treats like the other cooks or like the other help or whatever. He's very arrogant. I feel like uh, when he's talking well, he's about like, that, yeah, when he's talking like the way the water's boiling or something, he says something like really smugly. Arrogant. I can't remember exactly the line, but he's just kind of throwing his weight around, even though he's like not really important. But um, <laughs> yeah. so I think he definitely hits on those two for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, manipulation. Manipulates uh, Angela into the cooler, right? Yeah, I guess she could. I mean, say. I guess. It's like, let's see if we can find you something you yeah. like. I mean, he threatens uh, Ricky. Yeah, yeah, he he did. Yeah, yeah you could get him Pretty for threat. Don't say anything or whatever. Yeah, physically threatening him and stuff. So yeah, I think he hits <clears> strong <throat> enough. Maybe you could give him looking a tire after he's all burned up. <laughs> well, he <laughs> just looks. I'm sorry, but he just looks disgusting to be. Yeah, yeah so. he's got like stains all over. I'm gonna bring up the. He looks greasy. How about the um, uh, the leader of the whole camp, Mel? Mel? Yeah. So that's oh. my nomination. That's and I have a, I have list of why he's a cooter. Well, right. I'm gonna say I'll let you uh, guys take it now. You you go sexual on deviancy. <laughs> yeah, because he's after a young girl. Yeah, a young girl that's a counselor. That's sexual deviancy. It's also patheticness as well. In my a, he's got look, look at a tie with that lock and a tie with that comb over and the members on the yes. And he's got like plaid pants right and white shoes. Manipulation. No, no. He manipulates the staff and the campers so that his business won't be interrupted. There's oh a killer God, on the loose yes. and he's trying to manipulate everybody so that nobody gets the gist of like, hey, I don't want parents to find out. I don't want to lose any money. Mm, That's yeah. pathetic too. sexual deviancy. Obviously, we touched on. He's pathetic for sleeping with a minor as well as lying about. So he's his got business. four points, right? And four? because of those points. I feel like all those points make him smugly arrogant. The way he's always got the fucking cigar in his mouth. Like he's, he's definitely smug. arrogant. Yeah. He's smoking on a cigar all the time. It's not even lit. Like that's pretty fucking <laughs> smug, bro. Just walking around with a cigar in your mouth. Like it's like it's lit. Also, he like beats up a child. <laughs> yeah, we should book him. I think we should book that I mean, motherfucker. Well, wait, uh... wait. I want to I want to consider one other person though. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm not sure if this is gonna hit enough Aunt points, Martha? but can we consider Aunt Martha? Yeah, yes. I was thinking of her too. Yeah. She's got like looking attire. So manipulation, manipulation is going to be, I think, her extreme. highest point. 
because she is forcing someone in a child into a specific gender and she's filing she's filing fake paperwork in order like she's it's not just oh put on these clothes or something i mean she's work in the system to make this like legal mm-hmm. um so, so uh, yeah manipulation the, is high i don't the, give her sexual some... deviancy though that's oh right well what, what i don't know i think it's like i mean is it sexually deviant to like want a, a little girl so bad like a daughter so no bad? i don't think it's not se- it's not sexual in nature I mean, in my opinion it's sex oriented, but not sexual. Yeah, but it's sex yeah. to the person yeah. who she's yeah. looking yeah. on. Like a, yeah. pathetic, right? It is pathetic. It is pathetic. Like, she's oh, mentally yeah. ill. Yeah. Well, she and I think she's like abuse. I think it's like abusive. I think like yeah. I think Peter, like the child Peter, who who was like forced to become Angela. I think he's like a victim of abuse. Like mm-hmm. oh, it's so weird though because abuse. Ricky's like basically a normal normal, kid you know he's got like a fucking foul mouth but what kid from new york or new jersey wherever they're from like didn't said the new yorker yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so i'm giving it to manipulation and maybe some smug arrogance maybe looking at tire because she's kind of i agree i agree with that crazy color yeah she's dressed very well but yes it's no that's that's (laughs) yeah yeah. She looks like she wears a hat and like like Disney birds fly around her yeah. in her mind. Yeah. Well, I don't think anyone's going to beat four. out Mel for straight points. Yeah, I guess I just I was really focused on Aunt Martha because she's like such the villain, like yeah of the film. But I I see what you guys are saying. About I feel Mel, like Mel's so. the sneaky cooter. He kind of sneaks yeah. in there with all. The- yeah, yeah. I can't argue with the number. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> yeah, book them. Just like Bill Paxton's hits. <laughs> He's booked. <laughs> We got him. Take him away, boys. Oh, no, that's right. He's dead. He's got an arrow through the throat. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so you guys ready to do your ratings now? Yeah. All right. Johnny. What's the metric? Uh, I know it's 10, but what, what are we counting this? No. John's going to tell us at okay. the end of his review. Yeah, when he drops it. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, acting sucked. Uh, story sucked. But this is actually a fun movie to watch. I'm going to say a 5.5 out of 10. I'm going to steal this from Joe Bob. Um, Harry Wayne Doodles. Harry. Harry? Harry Harry? Wayne Doodles. Was there a Harry in this film? No. Mr. Harry Wayne Doodle? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was short and sweet. Okay. 5.5 5.5 out of 10. So that's that's above the frigid fuck line. That short and sweet, just like John's Harry Wang doodle. <laughs> I'm gonna stay away from that one. One, uh, one, one. Justin, I'm gonna pretend like that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> would you care to go next? Sure. Um, I actually was pleasantly surprised with this second watch. I've always carried around in my mind that this is not a good film. Um, and I didn't get a lot of the kind of funniness that came from it. I've seen I've seen a lot of films at this point. Now I watched this like eight years ago. And so I've seen some bad, bad films. Um, so I think naturally that gives this film a little bit of a boost. But this time I actually saw what was 
ridiculously kind of entertaining about this film um the baseball just uh, through a couple different elements looking at it as a slasher looking at it as a kind of a summer film um about camp because i think there's a lot of actually like natural elements to that um having young kids play young kids um and them you know like fighting a lot and doing these kind of pranks on each other like with the shaving cream on the kid's face or them playing baseball and stuff yeah it's ridiculous but it also felt like natural in some ways too and so that was endearing um you know, we talked about the kids. Oh, you want to go on a date and stuff that kind of felt true and endearing in a summer camp kind of way. So there's a lot of different avenues to actually look at this film and the ridiculousness of some of it, the half shirts, the the water balloon fight on a roof, this rapey cook that everyone <laughs> laughs at when he's talking about raping children. Um <laughs> As a as a slasher, it had some cool kills: the arrow through the neck, the bees, um, the aftermath of the kid drowning were like distinct images that stood out to me. Thought they did a good job making that Angela mask, and it's super memorable and creepy, despite um, you know the kind of like weird nonsensical ending a little bit. Um, but I enjoyed myself a lot more and appreciated this film a lot more than I have in the past for sure um i still think the the other uh like the ant elements and the flashback psychosis scenes they're they're interesting and they're made well but the flavors just don't match well together and i think that's what a lot of people struggle with like including myself it's like i get it more now of what they're trying to do but they're so distinct that like John was saying, it, it's got this kind of like Jalo feel, this like ethereal, like, oh, in somebody's mind and these crazy colors and stuff. And it's like, that does not fit with a kid swimming in the lake and, you know, these earthy tone colors of cabins and stuff like that. So it is kind of weird. Um, overall, though, I think I'm going to give it a seven out of 10, Mr. Harry Wang Doodle. <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair enough. Hydraberg. I like I that review, man. I'm impressed yeah. by your growth. Oh, yeah. Over the years. Wow. As a movie review. Like a Harry Wang doodle. You've grown. Oh, my God. <laughs> like your Harry Wang doodle. All right. Uh, so where we covered a modern day classic like Hereditary last week that does all the things right. This film is a classic, but on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, it's a hilarious B movie. It's got hilarious B movie hijinks. Um it's got slasher tropes yet all the while having like, like, like a charm to it, I feel like. Um, I honestly do think this is one of the best 80 slashers out there. For me, it's just, I don't know, it hits all the marks. It's got some great kills. I like the campy acting. I know it's bad. It's a negative and it's a positive at the same time. It's so weird. I can't really define it. Like, <laughs> because that's what B movies are good at, right? Like they make you enjoy, like as a horror fan, I enjoy the trash and the highbrow and in between. And like, this is really good trashy, like, f- like B movie horror. And it does it really well. I don't know how much was intentional if they made this on a serious note and then it just became like, not so serious you know it's like it was played seriously and then it's just good for a laugh it's so hard to tell what they were there i'd love to watch that documentary about how this film was made because just to 
to figure out the secret sauce of what what exactly they did is is interesting. Um, I like the score. I think the score is pretty good, especially in the beginning. It sets up the film really well. Um, and the ending is just so fucking memorable. It's legendary. Uh, it, it makes this film the cult classic that it is. I feel like without that ending, it would definitely get a little bit more lost than films like The Burning and like copycats of Friday the 13th. But I feel like this film, a lot of people have not seen this film probably that are into horror and they should. They should see it blind and it will stick with you whether you like it or not. You know, that ending will stick with you. And I remember that the most. As far as cons, like, yeah, the acting's not very good. And I'm looking at you, Mel. I'm looking at you. <laughs> uh, the true, film is right? campy and it's cheaply made, which I can see being a turnoff for some. But, you know, I enjoy the B-movie. So for me, it's sort of it's a negative and a positive. Like I said, it's both. Um, and the story is a little wonky and there's elements to it where they, they reach a little bit and, you know, it works. And in some parts, it doesn't, you know, like with the with the. Uh, the ant you know like that is an interesting take and it makes the film you know the way they put that twist in at the end but the way it's done like you said the production of the flashbacks is weird it doesn't it doesn't vibe exactly with the rest of the tone of the movie and i get that i don't know what they were going for some kind of dream state or something like that um maybe it's supposed to be like what a kid would see in that instance or something i don't know it doesn't work exactly and old boy's mustache and ronnie's penis outline they're pretty offensive uh, I do like Ronnie, though. He's a great character. Like, he's a fucking nice guy. He's like the nicest person in this film. But his penis is showing in every scene. Every scene. Why are you so offended by penises? Hydra because Burn? he's around children. And like, you can. OK, see well, that's fair. The entire fucking time. OK, well, that's like, fair. Bro, put it away. But as a guy who's also getting in shape lately, I admire his physique. He's he's in good shape, dude. You know? Dude is ripped. Gun he's fucking album. ripped. Yeah. Um, for me, a lot of what will you would call negatives is a positive in this film, like I said. So I think it's earned its spot as a cult classic. And for that, I'm going to give Sleepaway Camp eight out of ten Harry Wang doodles. Oh, Dang. My God. that's right. I can't tell you why I'm giving it eight out of ten, but I fucking really love this movie. And I recommend it to anybody that likes horror, like this type of horror. Like there's a reason that why we're covering it. And I don't know. It's weird. All right. Yeah, 10 seems really high, but at the same time, I, I don't want to give it super low. That's all right. Hey, that's how you feel about it. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Cool. Um, I, 10. You guys have made a lot of good points. And I think I think what it, I, I agree with pretty much all the points everybody said. I think it's just a matter of how much you value each element and like how much you want to detract for certain things and how much you want to give for certain things. Um, I was complaining about the acting before, and I will say, like, for the most part, it doesn't actually bother me. And I, something I mentioned earlier is like a big factor here, which is that I think that this movie is self-aware. I don't think that like we're supposed to be taking it super seriously. I don't think that like the filmmakers thought of this as like a really serious film. And so I think it's like it's OK to kind of like it's it's OK to accept some of the silliness and the. Um, the like low budgetness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the acting for the most part actually doesn't bother me. The, the only things that really kind of bug me and take me out of it are Angela's like super intense eye contact. And also the fact that nobody knows where to put their hands. Like it's so distracting to me visually. Like 
every line delivery people are just like doing these really awkward next time you watch it pay attention they don't know Mm. what to do with their hands and it's so awkward and i just i can't stop staring at everybody's hands so if they could just figure that out if they could have like figured out what to do with their hands i would have just like it would have smoothed everything out for me. That's a real factor in life, though. Sometimes when you're talking to people, you feel a little awkward because you don't know where to put your hand. You're like, do I put them in my pocket? <laughs> do I put them on my waist? Do I lean against the wall? Like, what do I do? I mean, speaking as a very awkward person, <laughs> um, I, I even John's feel done. like this is excessive. So this okay. this awkward pause is just too much. So um, that, that kind of bugged me. But um... <laughs> I'm looking at John. He's what? he's he's losing it. <laughs> right like, do you need some like lavender essential oil over there to calm yeah. down? John's losing it. Uh, um, but but yeah. So you guys were talking about the <clears throat> the like flashbacks and what's going on in Angela's mind and thinking about the the memory of her f- discovering her dad in bed with the other guy and the memories of Aunt Martha and all this. And I actually, I, I recognize that the tone doesn't fit the rest of the movie, but I guess like the more I think about it, I kind of, I kind of like it because it almost feels like you're, you're glimpsing into Angela's mind, which is disturbed. Yeah. It's not like quite living in reality. Like she's, she is disturbed um, on the inside. And so it, it kind of allows you, it, it's like a, a distinct marker of like, you're somewhere else now. Um, like you're seeing things and remembering things through a different kind of like lens and a different reality. So the more I think about it, the more I actually kind of like that. So that's mm. not, that's not something I, I'm going to detract for, but um, yeah, the script is a little messy and the dialogue is awkward, but I think that kind of lends it's Hydra, you use the word charm and I yeah. totally agree. I think it's very charming. And so even some of the like silly and awkward things, I think it, it, it lends itself to the charm and makes it feel fun. Is this like an Oscar winning film? No, um, it's no hereditary, but is it an effective slasher? Yes. Does it give you something really memorable and iconic in the ending? Absolutely. I mean, that like the first, I don't know about you guys, but the first thing I think of whenever I think about this film is that ending yeah. shock, you know? Um, I think it I've never had the 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 fortune to be able to watch it with like a group of friends, but I feel like it would be really, really fun to like watch it with you guys um and have some beers and not throw them on my head. But and get um, like a ringer in there, like someone who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like I don't know if but everybody can Lo- watch that person. I don't know if Logan has seen this, but maybe we should have oh, like yeah. a live watch with Logan. Um so yeah, I think I think overall it it lands well into the positive side for me. I feel like you guys have kind of boosted my opinion of it just talking about it here. Um, before we started, I was like a little bit in the middle with it, but now I, I feel like it's it's firmly in the in the positive side. Um, so I'm gonna, and I think it's important. I think it's important for like its iconicness and for its doing something really different like we talked about this before about how the twist is something really distinct and it's not something that you see in like every film I feel like its closest relative in that way would maybe spoilers would maybe be psycho um with like the gender bending kind of aspect to it Mm. but it's it's done in a different way and so um I I still think it's very unique so I'm gonna give it a six out of ten Harry Wang doodles (laughs) I like this film I like Harry Wang doodle 
Yeah. Would you say that this film is progressive at, for the time? Well, I mean, if you, you know, we were talking kind of in the beginning about, is this a transphobic film or is this like, or is it like a, I, I think it kind of depends on how you interpret it, but the way that I kind of think, I feel like it's almost, I don't know if it was, I wouldn't go so far as to say this was intentional, but I think like a byproduct of how this is done, I feel like it's supportive of trans people because it's like, um, it's 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 condemning the idea of someone forcing an individual Mm -hmm. to live in a gender role that they don't identify with and there are a lot of films at this time that we're afraid to touch any of that and homosexuality at all Mm -hmm. and this portrays it at least and yeah it doesn't seem like a negative light to me i don't feel like it's ridiculing no Mm -hmm. and it's not a butt of a joke or anything like that it's part of the the plot it services the plot and Mm-hmm. It, yeah at least for homosexuality i i think maybe the transgenderness maybe it has stumbled into yeah because but I mean, that's what i mean i think it's like a byproduct yeah, almost exactly. i don't think it was like intentional but i do yeah. think that that's like conveyed mm-hmm. sure i think um, obviously like i don't think they portray homosexuality in the negative light which is no. something for the time you know to say like oh they just show that that's how the dad is and that might be what the kid is struggling with and the negative is the forced gender upon them now again i, I think us analyzing it after the fact probably gives it a lot more credit than <laughs> they aspired to but i mean it still exists so there's going to be a time capsule at some point where like the end of the world happens and this is one of the films that they find yeah. the aliens or like the next generation <laughs> one thing i did forget to mention this film watching at this time and because of the kids and the setting and the situations actually became one of my i would say this is one of the best portrayals of summer camp in a horror film i mean I despite so. having friday the 13th and most of the time it's just counselors waiting for kids to come mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're just in the setting but i mean this time kids are out there playing volleyball they're swimming in the lake yeah. they're going skinny dipping they're mm-hmm. going camping they're with showing their, up for know? like i was like the, the movie like, night yeah i mean it really captured that summer feel pretty well it's like the horror counterpart to Wet Hot American Summer. So yeah, I feel like I need to go watch know, that yeah. now. It's like a companion piece. Have you guys yeah. ever seen The Burning? Uh, yeah, I have. It's no. been a while, though, too. It's got George Costanza in it. It does have George Costanza. That's one of the most <laughs> memorable things I know about it. Yeah, that's what I, I didn't like it as much, but it's been a while. Yeah. Since I've seen it. Well, you guys want to hear a few trivia facts? Yes. Absolutely. All right. Uh, one notable thing is that the budget for this film was $350,000 and in the box office, it made $11 million. Wow. Wow. Good for them. In the box office. Like, wow. Yeah. I think that's a pretty darn good return on investment. Not to mention what it's made since on like Blu-rays. Yeah. Yeah. Bob probably owns this film like five times. Oh yeah. Bob has (laughs) supported a 10th of this, uh, overall income on blues here. Bob, please email us and tell us how many copies of <laughs> you have of this movie on physical media. Uh, Felissa Rose, who played Angela, Karen Fields, who played Judy, and Catherine Kami, who played Meg, were actually all very close friends during filming. And so Catherine Kami, or Meg, said that the scene where they throw Angela in the water was hard for her to shoot for that reason. They felt bad because they were all friends. So it, it kind of makes me feel better knowing that they were actually friends in real life. So. Felicia Rose uh, is like a really nice, really nice person too. 
Yeah, she's such a sweetheart, and she's really appreciative of her fans, and yeah. like always, kind of goes out of her way to to like interact with you and stuff. Yep. Um, so we were talking about the guy who plays Mel and how terrible his acting was. One thing I picked up on during I don't know if this is true or not but it seemed to me like he was reading all of his lines off cue cards it always seemed like he was looking in a weird direction that was like not where he should be looking and so I thought the director I don't know but I I thought oh my god he's definitely reading his lines off cue cards so there's a trivia fact about this it says this was his final film he was very sick with cancer with lung cancer during filming so that may have had something to do with it but he tried his best to conceal it and he died from lung cancer three months before the film was released. Oh, damn. damn. I feel bad now. That's you gross. should, Hyderberg. I do. Calling this man a you cooter. You gave him a cooter of the week. Well, he portrayed a cooter, <laughs> which is a testament to his acting. I'm sure, I'm sure he would have been proud of that. <clears throat> he proud of his cooter status. <laughs> the points don't oh, lie, my... Jacqueline. The points don't lie. <laughs> I know, I know. I already, the I already agreed with you. Foolproof system, okay? It's exactly. Many it is foolproof. It is well. It and is. Jeremiah you, you are very consistent. Straight chilling exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so as a child, writer director Robert mm, Hiltzik actually went to the camp used in the film. Right. Yep. Wow. So someday, if I'm ever a filmmaker, Camp Greystone, look out. That's where I'm going to be. The movie was shot in early fall. It was in October. So, yeah. I was just about to say they probably had to shoot it in the off season when the kids weren't there. In order to use the camp. It was a real working camp. So, Mm -hmm. but you'd think that they would do it maybe in spring. Yeah. They might have been like getting. The trees the are I don't know. New York can still be pretty cold. Yeah, it can spring, be. Right? That's true. Like, even That's in true. April, it could still. Hey, be yo, yo. Cold. Let me take this one since I'm from yeah. New York. Come on. <laughs> oh Jesus! I was asking. <laughs> I know you think you were exaggerating. It's pretty your cold here, you know. Uh, you know, I know you think know. you're exaggerating the accent right now, but that's pretty much how you sound to us all the time. <laughs> um, okay, this seems really fucked up. Felissa Rose was paid only five thousand dollars for mm-hmm. her performance. Yeah. That seems way I'm sure too she's low. made quite a bit. Yeah, from things from, but yeah, you it is married, but, especially because... after you made eleven million dollars from yeah. it. But yeah, so yeah. I hope she. I hope she's seen some like returns from like you I'm know sure. re- redistribution and stuff. Yeah. Um, so Felissa, this kind of disturbs me a little, maybe I'm, I don't know. Felissa Rose and Jonathan Tiersten, who played, Ricky. um, Ricky developed a romance during filming, but broke up soon mm-hmm. after she was 13 and he was 17. Uh, what? That's, that was feels 17? A, that's what, it's a four well, year okay. difference. Okay. Well, that's it what IMDb Ricky says. Was? That's what IMDb says. He didn't look like at the same time Lee Barrymore was at. Drew Barrymore was literally doing coke at fucking Studio 54 at this time. So like (laughs) with her mom. So, yeah, it was a different era. I'm just saying if I had a 13 year old daughter and she brought home a 17 year old dude, I'd be like, uh, like, I don't know. He didn't appear 17. No, he didn't look 17. His mouth was that of a trucker's, which was definitely over 17. What? His sweet candied mouth was no. The, the, I'm saying your mouth. No, he had like <laughs> bad language. No, he had bad no, language. Mouth. John, your mind went to a really bad place right away, buddy. 
<laughs> Who am I doing this podcast with? God damn. Uh, Did you do a background check on any of us, Jacqueline? <laughs> no, maybe I should have. And maybe I should have also fact checked that trivia because that might yep. not be true. So <laughs> they did have a relationship. That is true. <laughs> they did have a relationship. We, yeah, she's cannot, we have not yet confirmed. Podcast. We have not yet confirmed that he was 17. So let's <laughs> give them the benefit of the doubt for now. She this movie. Casualty Friday. This movie in Friday the 13th Part 3 inspired Will Weird Al's song Nature Trail to Hell. Do you guys know this song? No. I don't. I, do not. <laughs> I, I was planning to listen to it before we started recording, but I ran out of time. So, um, yeah, both films feature the cutting up of campers and an ending you have to see to believe. Now, Justin, you just did your, you and Bob did your mini cast on the, you know, ranking all the Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is, would you, I don't, I haven't seen part three, but would you say it has an ending you have to see to believe? I honestly, I hated You guys didn't like part three. That was like your least favorite it, one. And I'm yeah. trying to remember what the ending was now. And I can't quite, I mean, once you go, I mean, the idea of like, oh, cutting up campers, that's literally like everyone but five and jason x so i mean <laughs> uh that's not distinct but um i i guess not because i'm trying not I'm having a hard time picking not as memorable as sleepaway camp that's for yeah sure if you can't remember what it was it was not as memorable i gotta as say you missed camp. the opportunity to plug our uh, jason goes to hell uh coverage on your uh friday 13th reviews <laughs> how oh, dare yeah. you not plug oh, yeah, us jason goes yeah. to hell, jeez yeah. Uh, okay, Felicity. That was Rose a fun not... discussion, though. That's the one you guys did with the um, spoilers, the of, horror. spoilers from... of horror. Yeah, those yeah. guys are awesome. That was a really good episode. But there's so much like back and forth. We went like way over two hours, but yeah. there's just so much to say. <laughs> this episode's gonna they're be so close funny. To two hours, I think. Yeah, yeah, oh, uh... <laughs> yeah. We're way over two hours. Don't worry about it. What? A lot of a lot of wieners. Uh, over, yeah. No, we're like an hour and forty yeah, minutes. Yeah, we're good. Uh, no. Felissa Rose does not speak her first line until 31 minutes in. Uh, That's da-da-da. why she Rare. only got five grand, Jacqueline, because yeah. she wasn't talking. All she had to do was <laughs> she didn't even do the ending scene. Wouldn't even wear. I know it wasn't on. even her. It was some dude with a little wiener and a mask. Yeah, five thousand was overpaid. Uh, the, here's a little trivia fact I actually got from Hyderberg ahead of time. He sent this to me. So the the child who plays young Peter, like, you know, the Asia when there's an accident, mm-hmm. he's played by Maximo Gianfranco Sorrentino, the older brother of Mike, the situation Jason Sorrentino from Jersey Shore. You guys seem really impressed. No <laughs> Nobody's, right <laughs> Nobody's reacting. Okay. The uh, listeners will, Jacqueline. The listeners okay. will. All right. So we already talked about that. We already talked about that. Oh, so this is something I need to go back and watch this moment in the film because I don't remember it. When teenage Angela is first seen, a quick look at her bag appears to be a reference to Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Really? A transvestite. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. You noticed that? Okay, I didn't notice that at all. Okay, I'm going to go back and watch that. The first time we see teenage, so the first time we see Felissa Rose, basically like teenage Angela, mm-hmm. she has a bag. John, what does it look like? Tell us what it looks like. It looks yeah, like Doctor Frankenfurter. <laughs> it's like oh, it looks like a character from. It hmm. does. That's okay. weird. Hydraberg, have you seen? Do you know who Doctor Frankenfurter is? I have not seen that film entirely. Really? I know. I'm I picking it. But, oh, okay, but you know. I already I'm told you that it. when we when we did um, what's it called um. 
Reaper. That's right. You did say. Oh, I'm definitely getting it. Okay. Let's oh, do it. I'm a big Tim Curry fan. Here's an interesting one. Jane Krakowski. You guys might. Do you know who that is? She was on Thirty Rock. She's the blonde mm-hmm. on Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. She's in the orange juice commercials. It's uh, like okay, low yeah. calorie or something. You know from the orange juice commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, she was originally cast as Judy, but she dropped the role once she learned of Judy's death because she found it too grisly. <laughs> with, with the curling iron and the places and all that so in the places <laughs> because, because of the implications yes <laughs> the implication of the curling iron in the places Ooh, but yeah. we could have seen jane krakowski in that role but we didn't it's it a perfect death the jenna the jenna and that is what i will end the trivia on vagina? the curling iron in the vagina the curling iron in the vagina yes. oh damn it's not unlike a speculum <laughs> for those of you yeah. who are not gynecologically are cold, aware <laughs> those are cold this was hot. sometimes they're warm sometimes they warm them up for you oh they warm them up that's well that's nice. a, that's a very courteous very thing as a doctor and the do. little and the little pads on the footrest sometimes those are warmed up too oh so if you're at one of the good ones right it could yeah. be hot yes but hot. not always so pointers to anybody who's on listening <laughs> Why Somebody are we talking about great this? Invention. <laughs> oh, heat up all this little equipment. <laughs> I showed you. Thank but you for coming high. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Soju, for coming on and uh, tolerating our random ramblings and tangents yeah. and uh, <laughs> lack of structure. But uh, yeah, great discussion as always. So glad we could have you on to talk about this. Um, and We'll definitely have you. I, I will speak for the group and say we want you back again <laughs> yeah. soon. Thank if you. If you come yeah, on a couple well, more episodes, you might be able to to get neck and neck with Nicole. Yeah. I got to do autumn and then I'll do next spring and then oh, nice. retire. <laughs> the entire year. Seasonal, seasonal guest host. A year of soju. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. We'll make a little coffee table book about it. Oh, there you go. A year with soju. A calendar. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Uh, so next week, what are we doing next week? Um, I believe we're going to be talking about the movie Nightmare Alley. What? Which is, yep, Guillermo del Toro's newest film, Nightmare Alley. We're a little late on this one. We weren't able to do it right when it oh, came out. Oh, it's on streaming now. It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's free on Hulu. And um, HBO do you guys Man. know? HBO Max. HBO? Okay, good to know. Um, so that's pretty easy to find, I think, for, for most of us. But yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, so go check that out. In the meantime, if you'd care to email us with any questions, thoughts, opinions, your own reviews, uh, Bob's Blu-ray count on Sleepaway Camp, <laughs> any of that information, <laughs> you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at a cut above dot horror underscore review. Also, quick uh, plug. I saw men today. Um, I would. I don't know. Men? Maybe they should name it meh. But oh, that's, okay. men, you just, saw men. I have to digest it. But if oh. you want to hear more extensive coverage of that and Alex Garland's uh, other films, you should check out the Bean Dub podcast because he's been doing uh, they've been doing a, um, like all month long Alex Garland coverage. So check them out. Yeah, it's awesome. They tend to stick with like one director and do that uh-huh. for like and a month. Do that for a month, yeah. Uh, so oh, I, I think that's a pretty Alex cool. Way more structured than we are. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, follow us and check out the Bean Dub podcast as well. And I actually want to give Justin a chance to plug uh, Straight Chillin' Podcast. 
Thank Ooh. you so much for coming on. Yeah, sure. Uh, one more time. You can find us on all the socials. Um, it's usually like at Straight Chilling Podcast. Um, like I said, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You could join us on a Slack if you want to join the crew. Join the talk, Slack. Uh, all kind of crazy stuff that we get into. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're just a weekly horror movie review podcast. And uh, that's about it. You bet. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody go check out Nightmare Alley from Guillermo del Toro. Ooh, I think it was just from, pick. was it earlier this year or was it last? It was, it was last late year. last yeah, year, around November, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. And then come back and hear what we thought about it next week. And keep it creepy. Yeah. <laughs>